0: Cool, are you ready? Okay, I'll do it in three, two, one. Welcome to Dads Talk Dads, a uh, Padres podcast where a couple of millennial dads talk about uh, the San Diego Padres. First I figure I guess we should introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Johnny, and uh, I am uh, one of the one of the dads who talks dads. And uh, I've been a Padres fan since 1998 when they went to the World Series, and uh, had to live through the dark years of Reggie Sanders and Damian Jackson, and my arch nemesis kevin jarvis uh and now you know still still uh loving the team still following the team every day and so decided me and my good buddy here should start should start a Padres podcast anyway uh do you want to introduce yourself as well
1: yes uh, i'm the uh, the other millennial dad here i'm sorry i was silent earlier i just finished a piece of avocado toast but um, <laughs> my name is joel miller dollar avocado toast uh, that's right uh, we're you know ruining the economy with the avocado toast uh anyway uh I have a dad of two uh been a Padres fan since uh, the early 2000s so I missed the the glory days of the 98 World Series run uh, well postseason run the World Series part wasn't wasn't as awesome yeah. uh so the highlight of my Padres fandom was the 0405 years with you know the, the Brian Giles and the Jake Peavy's oh, of the world Peavey. um you gotta love Jake P v um yeah, so a lot of misery for me on that on that end. Uh, not a lot of postseason experience, uh, but that's something that I think all Padres fans are familiar yeah. with. Um, especially if you're here, uh, you you know you gotta be in deep if you're listening to this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, lucky for you though. I mean, <laughs> since you uh, you you've spent a fair enough number of years in Phoenix that I feel like you know we we can't necessarily be fans of both teams, but I feel like if there's another NL West team that I you know, they're, they're like the team I dislike the least. Like we don't have a massive rivalry. There's no, <laughs> I feel like we have something with everyone else. Even the Rockies we have, we have 2007 with Matt holiday still, still to this day, not touching home plate, but, uh, but, you know, at, at least, at least you can slightly hang, hang a part of your hat on the O one world series where the uh, D backs took down the Yankees. It's always,
1: yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, definitely claim that as a, a notch in my, my fan belt as it were because i was living in phoenix at yeah. the time when when that 01 series yep. went down so uh yeah i always have a soft spot in my heart for, for the oh, snakes yeah. the, the
0: the 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 fathers of the sidewinders uh <laughs> so so anyways yeah so what kind of and we we, we talked about this a little earlier pre-show you know in, in, the, in the in the pre-show meeting <laughs> oh like yeah just like the pros baby uh but but kind of you know what kind of uh what kind of podcast that we we want to have if you if you can tell already it's probably going to be loose we're not going to be you know super uh serious all the time unless it's a bad losing streak and then who knows what what might happen but but i i was figuring you know a a, a loose podcast where we touch on some fun stuff probably go off topic probably a lot of tangents i i, I wouldn't be surprised at all but uh uh, I don't know. Just keep, you know, keep yeah, y'all I'm, I'm interested. Hoping for, but yeah. What were you going to say, Joel? Sorry, I, I'm
1: hoping for a few tangents. I think that'll make for, for a good show. Uh, if we're just noticed as a grand slam the whole time, I think that's going to get a little dry. So I, I hope, and it, whenever we get together, it's it's sure to be a, a good time. So we'll, we'll go sideways once or twice, but I think it'll oh, be yeah. enjoyable. Oh, yeah. It'll
0: be uh, f- uh, full of frolic and laughter. But, uh, oh yeah, no, no, I, I feel you <laughs> though, dude. Like it, in a in a 90 to 100 loss season, uh there there's gotta be some, some fun. Just just like the grind of the baseball season. Such is the grind so we, of, of of the podcast about baseball. You gotta keep it light, you know.
1: <laughs> are you, are we making our first prediction of our of our young podcast here? The ninety to hundred losses for the, the Padres? Ooh, uh
0: I will say yeah, I, I could see the team the right I could see the, the, the team bat. finishing like 72 and 90. I do I and maybe even a little, little worse than that. If we're a 70 and 92 team, <laughs> that's that's okay still. That's okay. We'll be better next year. Well, I'll tell you
1: something. Uh later in the show, we we're actually going to get into win and loss records. Oh yeah. Uh, and I can tell you that's a very safe bet to make oh, yeah. based on the past 7 years of of Padres <laughs>
0: history. Um. Cool, cool. Well, well, so, you know, hopefully you guys have an idea of what's in store for you on the podcast. I'm sure we'll, we'll grow and change as we go along, but uh, I figure we get started, you know, talking a little bit about, uh, you know, we're, we're a few weeks into the season, not super deep. We've already got, uh, I mean, Lamette's already out for the season, so we've already got some big injuries, but I figure we can at least take a look, you know, retrospective back at uh, what's been going on so far, some stuff we like. Some stuff we dislike. I uh, figure we start off with a player that we like so far, uh, and uh, maybe yeah, too. Ma- maybe too if we get wild. If we get wild, but uh, um, I, I figure I'll start. Uh, so my my guy that I like so far, he's a newcomer to the team. I think he's someone that's been uh, exciting, which is Freddie Galvis. Uh, came over from the from the Phillies in the off season, and uh, it's I got to say it's really nice to have a vacuum at shortstop. Uh, and, and, I mean, that guy, he really is, and he's known for his glove, but he is an absolute vacuum over there. I watched, uh, I was able to catch a spring training game uh, when they were facing the Indians, and he had at least four or five plays that, that, uh, that, that were able to show off his range. But I think the surprising thing of why people are enjoying him so far is the bats been there, which, uh, which people weren't expecting. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of people were expecting a lot of good glove, not a lot on the batting side, uh, you know. He's not a big, uh, he's not a big batting average guy, but he's been clutch so far. You know, uh, just you know, singles, doubles here with guys on base, and uh, mix that with the crazy good defense, and he can make it fun. You know, even when it's a, you know, even when the Padres are down three, four runs, it's it's still an enjoyable game to watch with him. But uh, that's a guy I like so far. How about you, Joel?
1: Well, just to touch on Freddie Galvis for just a second, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I I definitely agree. Galvis has been phenomenal this far, uh, you know, this far into the season. Uh, he's currently at a torrid pace of a four hundred batting. Oh, average he'll he'll get there. So Don't
0: worry. He's he's going to get that four hundred.
1: <laughs> so you know, he he's doing what Gwyn couldn't do. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously his defense is phenomenal. I uh, I've been to one game thus far on the season. He, I mean, he made a couple of great plays there, um, and just like he said, we've we've been seeing, oh, yeah. you know, gem after Gem over there at the shortstop spot, and uh, we haven't seen a, a shortstop that good since Khalil Green, unless there's somebody else you can remember. But I mean, that's the last time I can remember that level of defense on this Padres team. Yeah, yes,
0: I th- I think uh, I think good old Spicoli was the last was the last great Padre shortstop that we've seen. I mean, because unfortunately we've had to see guys since then like Orlando Hudson, which, I mean, he, he played a lot more uh, second base, but I think he still was over at shortstop, and Jason Bartlett and uh, Clint Barmas, you know. So so it, it's nice to have an actual big league shortstop, not a not a 4A guy uh all right so let's go to um oh geez louise i you didn't even give your guy you were talking about galvis i almost moved forward too quickly <laughs> why don't you give your player <laughs> yeah you like no so worries far?
1: so yeah player i like is a uh, christian vianueva uh he hasn't been uh as good average wise i wouldn't believe i don't have the number in front of me for his average uh, at two hundred and seventy, actually, I yeah. just found it. Not too bad. Uh, now we all saw the three home run game he had. Just uh, beautiful. Uh, people oh, yeah. were complaining about him bat flipping, which I am a huge fan of bat flipping.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think we can say that fun. we're both pro bat flip <laughs> for uh, sure. One
1: hundred percent. I am on the bat flip bandwagon, especially when it's Padres flipping bats. I think we need yeah. more of that. Uh, we'll but yeah, Christian I think will be
0: flipping birds at all the haters. <laughs> when we but got yeah, the I, World I, Series trophy.
1: That's right. That's right. It was 2019, right? 2019 or Busters.
0: Yeah, 2019, 2020, anywhere in there, 2021, maybe all three. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, you <laughs> probably caught half of that. I was just I was just rambling, but <laughs> Yeah,
1: I got gotcha. you. Um, so yeah, anyway, big fan of Vina you know I, mean? I think he he sort of reflects the uh the the spirit of the team right now to where he'll he'll sort of disappear for stretches and uh, struggle for a little bit, but then th- he's showing those flashes where we can see a bit of the, the development of this team and, and where it might be able to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, and uh, I was watching today's, well, today's Sunday to what, 15th? Tax Day? And uh, I was watching the game today, which was right. a nice, I think ended up being, what, a 10-1 blowout of the Giants, who for a second season in a row just look awful. And I love it. But uh, yeah, I was I was watching it today, and I think I think Villanueva had another home run and uh, double, and yeah, I mean he, he really comes in uh, you know some games and, and and has a really nice game. A couple other games he looks off, but but uh, he has been a bright spot for sure so far this season. Awesome. Well, uh, let's go on to the con the yeah. converse, right? That's the right word. The converse of this players who have uh, who have disappointed us so far. Um, and do you want to start with this one, Joel?
1: Yeah, I'll take the lead. Uh, I've been disappointed, and I think uh, a lot of Padres fans have been disappointed with Will Myers thus far. And it's kind of hard to beat up on a guy for being injured, but uh, this whole... And this, uh, I think, plays in a little bit with uh, Hosmer being signed. But having him in right field just seems so counterintuitive to me. Uh, he's been a liability in the field already. Just, you know, what have we played, 17 games so far? Um the hitting hasn't been there and then you know first week of the season he's out with a it was a triceps injury i believe um just a really slow sluggish disappointing it's a very typical san diego type start for will myers uh talking about you know microcosms oh, yeah. of this team uh <laughs> back when back when san diego still had the you know the nfl team that we're not going to name on They're this show because, because we're a baseball podcast dead to us uh slow starts left and right <laughs>
0: <laughs> d d dead
1: <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah you know
0: typical typical san diego sports oh, typical yeah. san diego
1: athlete in my opinion so will myers is is my pick for a uh, player i don't like yeah. this far in the season he, you know what he's he's starting at uh, the then, first uh, quarter flat about...
0: <laughs> that's something we've seen before <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: what who knew i know it's surprising
1: how i am i am gobsmacked flabbergasted
0: yeah, no, no, I, I, I gotta agree with you there on on Myers. I mean, I know they moved him to right field and moved him to the outfield because I mean, A, they got Osmore, Hosmer, which um I'm sure we'll get into on, on future podcasts on our probably positive feelings on that deal. Um or maybe just mine, I don't want to speak for you. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I and we moved Myers to the outfield because he said he was bored at first base and wasn't really able to focus, which is concerning. Uh, <laughs> Like he wasn't good because he wasn't really focusing on the game. He got bored and, and things like that. But, but yeah, I, I, I really agree. And I think when it's contrasted with someone like, say, Jose Perella, who is on a cheap contract and is, you know, continuing to produce at the level, probably even a higher level than, than what he finished it at last year and kind of have you know one you know the 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 guy on the cheap contract doing well while the guy on the big expensive contract is struggling it's uh, i think that that makes the spotlight even shine a little bit brighter on Will Myers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so my guy uh, who's been dis- oh sorry my bad. No no You'll go hurry? ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to say my guy who's been uh, who's been disappointing to me so far and uh, has been a little frustrating to watch has been Brian Mitchell uh, who came over in the deal, uh, uh, was it in the off season or last season? This shows you, uh, you know, how, mu- how much research I did on this part. But uh, came over in the in the <laughs> in the trade where we gave the Yankees Jarey Blash and we took back uh, good old fan favorite Chase Headley, uh, who I still think Kevin Kuzminov is better than. And uh Brian Mitchell, who maybe so today. Far... He, Kevin Kuzminoff might be better today. Oh, than Chase I Headley. think Kevin Kuzmanoff is better today than, than, than Chase Headley. <laughs> uh thank you for that O forty two batting average, Chase Headley. But uh O thirty eight after today. Oh, oh it's O thirty eight now? Oh breaking news. Uh but yeah, Brian Mitchell's really been, and and I know there were concerns about him coming into the season, but because he really only throws two pitches—fastball and the, uh, and the curve—but he just has not been on when I watch him. Uh, a lot of the locations off. I know especially in his last start when he got rocked, a lot of his location. When I was watching, you know, where Hedges was wanting it and where Mitchell was throwing it uh we're we're two very different places uh there were a couple nice you know he, he had a nice two seamer i saw and um you know a couple p- good pitches here and there but i think he's going to need to work quite a bit with Darren Ballsley this season to uh, to get some good results and 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 i think if it's not there then maybe we should look at at maybe putting him in the pen cuz i think a guy with only two pitches is going to have some difficulty you know getting getting deeper into ball games
1: Absolutely, and I, I, f- I, I guess we're going into crystal ball mode here, but I think the the rationale might have been for Mitchell to be a back-of-the-rotation guy at best, um, and we're getting pretty close to the worst-case scenario with the rotation with Lumet going out you know, uh, with Tommy John surgery, so he's done for a year-plus. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not all bad. Ross has been playing pretty well. Lucchese has been looking like he's going to pan out. Um, Yeah, he's looking good. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't think Mitchell was going to be meant to be relied on as heavily as he's had to be with some of the injuries we've seen to the pitching staff. Uh, But I definitely agree with you. I think he's he's definitely flirting with getting sent into the bullpen there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he deserves it. He's been playing terrible, so yeah it's not Even been not good much you can do to defend yourself yeah. <laughs> but yeah just a, it's one of those interesting aj preller moves that um are so widely talked about That's uh, yeah. what i think keeps him in the spotlight really is these sort of oddball transactions that are going down and i think that's a, a pretty good segue into uh you know our next our next topic which yes. is uh, a comparison of, of rebuilds that i put together ahead of the show today um so what, what I did, and I think this this uh, thesis of mine may explain a little bit of some of these oddball moves that we're seeing. Um, so what I did was I, I took a look at uh, the, the gold standard, if you will, for a rebuild, which uh, is, of course, the Houston Astros, winners of the World Series in 2017. Um, I took their records for the past seven years and the Padres for the past seven years um, and made some comparisons. And just between win-loss records and attendance data, I think we have some some data that bears out what I think people intuitively might know already about what's going on here is that the Padres are sort of doing an Astros rebuild light. So what they're doing is uh, I think they're trying to do a similar rebuild and uh, acquisition of talent through the farm system that the, that the Astros have seen and been wildly successful with recently. Uh, but at the same time, I, I feel like they've got an eye towards their bottom line. Uh, of course, you know, baseball teams are trying to make money just like any other business uh, so to get into, uh, some of the details here, uh, just looking at, uh, the Astros first. So 2011, win-loss record, 56 and 106, uh, basically the exact same record, 2011 to 2013. So 2012, 55 and 107, 2013, 51 and 111, uh, 2014, they start to pick up 70 and 92, 2015, 86, 76, 2016, 84 and 78. And then 2017, obviously 101 wins, 61 losses and a world series championship. Yeah. Uh, the only other postseason appearance in that time was 2015, where they lost in the LDS. Um, now, you, if you compare that to the Padres' win loss record over that span, uh, it's a, a lot more similar. And this this calls back to your prediction earlier in the show <laughs> 71 and 91 in tw- uh, 2011, uh, which was bookended by last year's performance, 71 and 91 for 2017. And then in between, just mid 70s all the way down 76 and 86, 76 and 86, 77 and 85, 74 and 88. 2016 underachieving at 68 and 94 yeah. so as you can see you've got a much more leveled off team it's just a consistently mediocre team again i'm sure this isn't news to anybody listening uh whereas the astros embraced the tank full-on garbage team on the field for three years <laughs> and then it <laughs> as those young farm talent uh, oh, yeah. acquisitions started to develop and come up all of like a sudden altuve. they're world series champs yeah altuve george springer and the like um So, uh, where I really got interested, though, was when I saw the attendance figures for each of those years. Um, I don't think I'm going to go into the details of each year's attendance. Um, We all can get on Baseball Reference and see that. But I can tell you that the average year-over-year attendance for the Astros over that seven-year period was just a shade under 2 million. Um, Their lowest attendance was in 2012 uh, with 1.6 million. Uh, Now, the Padres, on the other hand... uh, their total attendance, fifteen point five four million. Uh, so I mean, noticeable increase in attendance. Their average attendance year over year was much more flat as well, uh, corresponding to those win loss records at uh, just over you know, two point one to two point two million. Yeah, now where they really saw changing. a spike. Where they saw a spike, and I think this is going to uh, segue over to maybe your thoughts on Proler. Twenty fifteen was by far their best year attendance wise, two point four five million fans. Um, and that year was the year where Preller made all of those free agent acquisitions. Justin Upton, uh, so we had Will Middlebrooks. Everybody was really
0: excited about him. Oh, and yeah. Um, <laughs> Will Middlebrooks, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 we had uh, yeah, Kim Roll, uh, Matt Kemp. Oh, Matt Kemp. Uh, oh. Can't believe he is the only Padre with a cycle. That's just so frustrating. Uh, <laughs> but, I but a cycle. What's up? Myers got a cycle. Oh yeah, duh! Gosh, I always I, I I don't know how I forgot about that. Well, thank goodness. Then let's just count so Will Myers. We're disappointed in him right now. Yeah, I think so. We're just like out of sight, out of mind. You're on the DL. <laughs> we'll just we'll just count Will Will Myers as the only Padre with a cycle. Let's let's all just collectively forget about the uh, the, the, the the Matt Kemp signing. You know. <laughs> uh, but right. uh, but but yeah, I mean, like you were saying that that, that does kind of segue a bit into my thoughts on Preller in the in the 2015 season. I know a lot of people call that a failure or or it was a lost season or Preller went out to try and do something and he he didn't succeed. Um, I think a lot of people thought that that was an attempt to get to the playoffs that season. Um, And I have never, and and someone could send this our way, feel free. I, I could very likely be wrong on this. I have never read anywhere A.J. Preller actually saying that. actually saying this was this was a a planned playoff push and it just it it didn't seem to work out so we sold off these parts what I honestly think it was was it it was basically just uh, in so many words AJ Preller whipping it out and putting it on the table for all the other GMs to say that the Padres are not going to be that mediocre you know middling disappointing team they've been for the last seven years Uh, I think it was very important that he got almost exclusively guys who in some way shape or form had either worn out their welcome or had become castoffs with other teams and yet still had a bit of shine on them so a guy like Matt Kemp uh, you know was getting older and the Dodgers had a lot of young guys coming up there wasn't really a place for him he can come to San Diego for a half a season and hopefully you know something something uh, you know happens and we can trade him for something that that didn't really work out but You know, again, it's baseball. You've got to swing or else you're not even going to have a chance at a hit. So I think a lot of those moves, the Middlebrooks move, uh, you know, going for Will Myers, who, you know, I think some people forgot he was – But Johnny, don't
1: stop talking if you're talking right now, but I've got a lot of lag right now.
0: Oh, no worries, no worries. Um, But uh, mine kind of comes and goes. But, you know, I think with the Will Will Myers trade, and some people might forget this, but he was, you know – honestly the number one prospect for a while uh, uh, and then there were a couple of years where he came up and had a cup of coffee with the team and and it wasn't you know he wasn't Mike Trout basically so people completely wrote him off um, so getting guys like that where Prello doesn't necessarily need to give up a lot but get something that he could possibly flip in return for something bigger uh, I definitely regard the 2015 season as a success in, in in my mind because of the amount that he's been able to get from those pieces that he acquired in 2015. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's just basically just my thoughts on the uh, on the 2015 season.
1: Right, yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's very easily explainable as, uh, and I, I think I heard you saying this, you know, it wasn't really a win-now year, even though it looked like that by outward appearances from the flurry of activity. I think what we're looking at uh, is trying to do that rebuild, but do it in such a way that we're still putting butts in seats, uh, and you know, it's bared out in the numbers. I mean, that was the highest attended year in the past seven. 2016 was the second highest, it was 2.35 million. So, uh, it seems to be working from a profit motive perspective. Yeah. Obviously, it, it, it remains to be seen if that's going to work for getting the ultimate goal of the World Series. Um, uh, you know the hot towel lava has yet to to start flowing. Uh, depending on who you're talking to, I think I think Villanueva might be a part of that oh, lava man, flow, know. if you will. Uh, but uh, keep that in mind when you see any of these seemingly strange Preller moves. I think it's it's uh, just keep that bottom line business model type thinking in mind, and a lot of these moves make a lot more sense. You know, bringing in uh, bringing back a guy like Chase Headley. You know, if he isn't as terrible as he is right now. Um, you can see the motivation here. Chase Headley is a guy who's been on this team for years and years. He had that great season um yeah, twenty twelve where yeah, twenty twelve, you know, I think, yeah. He 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 made the biggest mistake of his career in turning down the Padres extension offer, which was ludicrous. <laughs> um, he could have taken the team to the cleaners and he decided he wanted to have integrity and wait till the end of the year for some reason. What a good guy. I don't understand that move. <laughs> yeah. What a guy, what a guy. Uh, what a guy. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, but it, you know, it makes sense. It's a it's a hometown kid kind of kind of thing. So, if you think of it from that perspective, a lot of these bizarre Preller moves, I don't think, are entirely Preller. I think the front office and him are having a conversation with the same ultimate goal in mind of. Trying to work towards a, a better performance, but yeah. you know we're also still getting people into the stadium. Yeah. You know because empty Petco Park's a bad look.
0: Yeah, I mean Petco Park's beautiful regardless, but it, it looks a lot nicer when they it's filled up with people. Oh yeah, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll get down to uh, the the last couple things on the list uh, on our little rundown here. Uh, so I figured we go with a uh, a couple bold projections. bold predictions there we go uh for the team one for the team and one just for the division as a whole um so uh I'll start off here uh so my bold prediction for the team uh is that a guy named Cal Quantrill will finish the season as the Padres number three starter uh this is Ah. a guy I really like in the minors oh yeah Oh, yeah, going deep on this one. <laughs> uh, so so Cal is a guy, He's son of Paul Quantrill, former uh, former. Gosh, I think he pitched for the Blue Jays and the Yankees and a couple other teams. But uh, so he's son of a son of a major league pitcher. He's already got that pitching pedigree. Uh, whether you you know believe it or not, nice uh, believe in that or not. But oh yeah, good old pitching pedigree. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but he, he's a guy I really like. We drafted him. In the he was a first rounder in, I believe the twenty sixteen draft. Uh, he's in Double A this season. Uh, I like what I saw from him last season. I think I, it's just one of those weird things. I just kind of it's a mixture of I like his stuff, but I think I like him just as a gut feeling a lot more than most people uh, who put together the prospect list. You know, say your Baseball Americas or or uh, uh, what's that Bleacher Report or you know any of those sites. But yeah, I'm I'm big on cal Quantrill stick my uh, stick my flag on that uh on that mountain early in the season so that's stamp my it. Uh, my big thing i think yeah rubber stamp it any kind of stamping uh i'll do that uh but yeah i think he'll finish the season as the number three starter uh and then my my bold prediction for the division which sounded a lot bolder at the beginning of the season not so much now uh is that the d-backs will take the division our, our other team that we were talking about earlier this earlier in the show, but uh, they are off to a torrid start. I think they're something like 12 and two or something right now off the, I'll, have to, I'll have to take a look it, They were like 11 and two the other day when I, when I checked, but uh, they are off to an amazing start, even though they're missing, uh, you know, JD Martinez is now in Boston. Uh, they've got uh, Brandon Drury's now in New York. They've got a couple other guys that, that have uh, moved off the team or gone to other places. But uh, but they are killing it this season. Uh, I think it's led a lot by that by that pitching rotation. I know Patrick Corbin's been lights out this season. Uh, you know just the the whole, the whole thing. Robbie Ray, Granky, Zach Godley. He's a good young pitcher. Uh, I that's so, I mean, they, a scary got, rotation. Uh,
1: Especially if Pat Corbin can yeah, keep it up. Yeah. That's that's a ridiculous starting rotation oh, they've got over there.
0: My my fantasy teams would be happy if he did. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm, yeah, I'm hoping on that. So yeah, I I I, I think uh, I think Dbacks win. I think Dodgers second, probably Rockies third, us fourth, and and the Giants, I think, will be in last.
1: Well, that just leads right into my uh, divisional poll prediction, which is. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, feel free. Uh,
1: I don't think the Dodgers make the playoffs this year. Uh,
0: Ooh. Now,
1: granted, it's a very long season, obviously. We're say, 17 games in for the Padres. It's a, you know, all kinds of postponements, so teams are at different spots in the season. But the Dodgers have been horrible this thus far. Uh, I, I think the oh, postseason yeah. hangover is real. I think that they are going to continue to struggle, especially when you have personalities like a Puig, um, who's obviously, he, he he's a buzzword anywhere you go. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like Puig. I, I'm not turned off by the attitude issues at all. But, but you know, when you have a player of that uh, mindset, I think it's more susceptible to things like playoff hangovers and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think the Dodgers missed the playoffs. Uh, uh, put it on the board.
0: <laughs> put it on the board
1: and then uh, Lucchese is my player prediction my bold prediction for Joey Lucchese I think he finishes the season with greater than 150 Ks now I gotta sign off I gotta oh, put I the kids that. to bed so I'll let you finish
0: talking and no sign worries, us off have a good night thanks player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it so looks like Joel had to uh, had to depart but I, I do like those predictions and and specifically with, uh, with Joey Lucchese there uh, you know, he, he's really shown in the early going that he has the stuff to be able to compete in a, in, in a big league rotation, to be on a big league roster. Uh, I'm excited to see a lot more of those young guys like Lucchese, like Quantrill, uh, and hopefully in a couple of years, guys like Mackenzie Gore to, uh, to you know, come up here and, and fill those rotation spots. I mean, I love a guy with veteran presence like Clayton Richard, but... I, I feel like I'm watching Jamie Moyer pitch every five days, which was fun when it was 45-year-old Jamie Moyer, but it's not as fun when it's 30-year-old Clayton Richard. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would love to see Lucchese, uh eclipse that 150 k mark and show that uh, that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, for, you know, for, for the next few seasons. That is it today for Dads Talk Dads we'll hopefully come back with something next week, uh, unless, you know, dadly duties get in the way of that, which they do here and there, but, uh, hope you enjoyed it for this first week of dad's talk dads. And, uh, hopefully I'll get some social media up and running and you can reach out to us and let us know what you think. Love it. Hate it either way. Can't wait to hear about it. All right, guys have a, uh, have a good one and we'll talk to you next time.